Hello and welcome to Fans of the Genre 28 for May 22nd, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger. And I'm Rhodes, quote unquote, the Jackhammer Clark. This week we're talking about the Project Rap Rabbit Kickstarter, Thumper for Switch, Destiny 2, Plunk Bat, Return of Oberdin, and more. Uh, Mikey, why don't you take us away? Uh, take you away to a mystical land where uh, developers get regular people to pay for their video games. Take me away to that special place, that sweet escape. Yeah, so uh, Kickstarter, if you're unfamiliar, which you should be, it's a site where people <laughs> uh, try to create projects and get it funded by people mm-hmm. like you and me, just normal people who want the thing. Right. So um, There's been a lot of technology products. There's been a lot of like hardware things. Yeah, like uh, Dark the Souls, the cube. board game, was a yeah. Kickstarter, and like, I fucking want that game so bad. You could buy um, a cooler on Kickstarter with this Bluetooth speaker that never came out. Uh, yeah. Justin well, Hoops McElroy yeah. backed a, um, a Lu- visor that would dreaming. help you. Yeah, that would help you lucid dream that never yeah. came out. So. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. This, this one is a uh, rhythm RPG title from the creators of uh, Guitaru Man, uh, Parappa <clears throat> the Rapper, Elite Beat Agents, um, people who have a lot of. Who are like really fundamental to the genre of rhythm games, um, mm-hmm. like Shy of Guitar Hero, Dance Dance Revolution, like they are basically, and like Rhythm Heaven, like they, they basically make all of the like well known mm-hmm. and beloved uh, rhythm games. But Qu- so, quick question: Yes, um, ha- have these guys released a game like as a group since Parappa the Rapper? I don't well, think these two have released a game together. Yeah, no, no, it, it, they're they're different people. It's like a oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, the guy who made like a Targo Man and Elite Beat Agents is different from the guy who made uh, Parappa. Parappa. So yeah. th- th- this is their first collaboration. So it's actually like two giants of the like sure. rhythm game genre coming together for uh, this project. Sure. Um, but yeah, so it's being funded on Kickstarter. Um, the concept's really neat. Like, so it's a. Like they address that, like yeah, Parappa the Rapper wasn't like a real rapping game; it was just a rhythm game with like, yeah, you know, like in like a very loose hip hop style. And like they're saying that this one is a rapping game where, um, you have like different like motivations, like like so there's like a mood wheel that acts in the way that like I think they said like a Mass Effect speech wheel works, where it's mm-hmm. like you have was it coerce, laugh, joke, or boast, um, to kind of set up your um, follow up to like your rap battle and so then you you choose the tone and then you have to like hit the beats that um have a different have different rhymes inside of them but it's this weird concept that like is untested and it's new and they don't really have any kind of like proof of concept of it like working in motion they just have a bunch of like concept images of how it'll work yeah um so they're asking for um what is it? One point one million dollars for mm-hmm. ju- just to fund the thing, and like it's a concept that like gamers are skeptical of Kickstarter because you have games like Mighty Number no. Nine, which is a total flop. <laughs> um, you have games like Mighty Number no. Nine, and then you have games that like are successfully backed or pledged, and then you don't hear about them for yeah. sometimes years. Um, yeah, yeah, I think like, I think of like Bloodstained, that um, that Igarashi kickstarter well, yeah and, and what's that like star trek game that it's not star trek but totally is i don't know um I, f- I forget what it's called but like it had a kickstarter forever ago and it's just been kind of like absent for the past like three or four years um ftl yeah. was like the good one though right broken yeah, age well, in, in broken age that's what i was oh, okay. gonna yeah. pull it's like broken age worked um you know depending on whether or not you liked ukulele like ukulele i think was at least a successful kickstarter because mm-hmm. um, that came around pretty quick. A uh, shovel knight, shovel knight was oh, kickstarted. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like people are skeptical because as and it's not just for games, but like as I would say that there's a very very high ratio of kickstarters that flop and yeah. don't deliver, and so for them to ask for quite a bit of money for uh, a game that we don't know how it's going to work and like all we have is some concept art, like mm-hmm. like that's right. a pretty hefty thing to ask and right. what kind of put salt in that wound is that there's already a publisher yeah for the game so traditionally publishers are who fund the game like they like 
they're basically patrons of the developer and mm-hmm. then they reserve the rights to distribute and market the game and then you know and then pay out the developer based on that so like they basically you know depending on the contract like they own the title so i actually it, think that it's it's smart for them to get a, a publisher before this because uh i think a lot of those kickstarters failed early on because they assumed that they could build a game solely based on like pledges without getting any external funding. I think like Kickstarter is a good way to like uh, prove to publishers that there's interest in your game without yeah. necessarily like using it to fund the entire project. But if it were like, Hey, we need to hit this goal in order to get funded. Like we have a deal, but we need to just raise this much money. Mm-hmm. Then that's one thing. But they're like, yep, we have a producer for it. And it's like, well then what's, what's this for? Right. Like if, if like, if there's already a publisher attached, then that means that there's somebody like willing to financially support it. Like, mm-hmm. like, and I understand yeah. it's expensive to make games and don't want to be like insensitive to the costs and, you know, people, tr- you know, doing what they can to get their, you know, passion project out. But mm-hmm. so is um, this, this is similar, right. To in some ways to Shenmue three, right. Yeah. Because Sony is publishing that. Yeah. It's, it's like a really old series. That's, or I guess it's it's a really old development team that's trying to release this game. I was just looking it up, and that game is releasing worldwide this year in December. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. That's according <laughs> to Wikipedia. Yeah, that's that's probably a placeholder. Like, yeah, is it like December like twenty ninth or whatever? December twenty seventeen just says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then yeah, that, that's a that's a placeholder. I mean, maybe like yeah, people kept thinking that like Final Fantasy was going to get pushed back. Like, no, that's way too early. And then Final Fantasy 15 came out like when they said it was like, oh, shit. All right. If it's coming um, out this year, that means E3 is going to be lit. Oh, okay, well, just that that's going to happen regardless. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, like, I don't think it's right. But Shinmu was a unique beast in that. Like, that was a specific game that people were clamoring, clamoring for a sequel for. Mm-hmm. Like, if Nintendo put out a Kickstarter for uh, Mother 3, even though that's a game that's already like made and exists, like people would fund it to get that localized for the US. <laughs> like I don't think it's yeah. right, but like they could fund those... the development of a sequel to Mother. Yeah, no, but, yeah. but like even if they just did I the trend like the translation mm-hmm. work for Mother 3, people would back that. Yeah. In the way that like people waiting, you know, decade and a half for Shinmu 3 were like, yeah, I'll put my money into that. Mm-hmm. Um but this is not that like it's a new ip from developers that have made good games before but like that has not been proved like keiji inafune is a much more recognizable name and a name that people will you know trust and put their money into like they did with mighty number nine and that game flopped so it's like okay also launched like a kickstarter for like an anime and a uh game based on the anime or something or vice versa and then it flopped and then nothing it was supposed yeah. to be like the spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends, and then it just never happened. And KG Inafune was still making like good games. Like he made uh, the made Recor, made Recor, and yeah, that's fine. But uh, the Gunvolt games, like oh, those are actually oh. like very well received and well liked games. Like and like they made one, like one released during the Kickstarter for Mighty Number no. Nine, and then like mm-hmm. another game is released since. And like yeah, those games are good, and KG Inafune has been making those games. But oh, Yacht you know, Club publishes those. Oh, nice. That's crazy. Oh. Uh, but anyway. yeah, it's like what, like the last thing that I can think of that, um, that we, like really took off, like was Elite Beat Agents, and that was what, like two thousand five, two thousand four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it between makes, the, yeah. between the two main people that are making this game, like it's been thirteen years since they've made a game that. It's been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's it's just it's a lot to ask. Um, a lot of the big um, backlash f- that came early from this Kickstarter was that uh, it's one point one million to launch the game, and there was a stretch goal of four point nine five million for a Switch version. Oh my God, <laughs> and like that's you know now like we know that the Switch in the U.S. has been um, the highest selling console for the two months it's been out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beating out ps4 the 3ds um the xbox and like online everyone just can't get enough of it and wants to play like 
like seemingly all of their multi-platform games on a switch so like if you're trying to sell this game like nintendo still needs to do courting of third parties but it's a lot easier like people mm-hmm. will flock to the switch because people are playing games on it and they want games on it mm-hmm. yeah like the problem with the wii u is that nobody bought it and like the switch is going to outpace the wii u this year i would assume yeah so, time will like, tell i think e3 yeah. will be a big nintendo needs to pull out all the stops this yeah. year and uh for the sales for uh like individual game sales in uh april mm-hmm. which is the month that persona 5 came out um and mario kart 8 came out at the very very end of the month mario kart 8 was the number one game persona was That's two nuts. and yeah. then three the third um highest selling game was zelda so wow. Two of the top three selling games for the month of April were on the Switch. And that has a very, very small attach rate. Yeah, like, especially when you consider all the, uh, like, everyone keeps talking about how many good games are coming out. Yeah. Like, April was full of really good games um, yeah, for other like, platforms that you'd assume might sell a little bit better than. Yeah, and, and Near Automata, like, was, I think, eight out of, you know, on the top ten list. And, like, that's really that's, good for Near. I don't yeah. think it even came out in April, so. No, right. I, I did, didn't it? Uh, I don't think so. I, I thought came it out around the same time as a uh, Mass Effect. Okay, um, but yeah, like with a much smaller attach rate, and I'm sure Persona sales were like largely uh, pre-order. Like, yeah. So you know th- those, I don't think count for the month of April. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like that's really impressive that with a like much smaller attach rate that this you know two of the three best-selling games of the month were Switch games. So. Yeah, like Nintendo's in a very good position for getting people or developers and publishers to you know work on the Switch, and mm-hmm. the fact that Project Rap- Rabbit is like, oh, we're gonna need an extra four million dollars if you want to see it on Switch. Like, get the fuck out of here, man! It's it's crazy. It makes me wonder if these guys like have any uh, have any insight into how like a Kickstarter or like selling a game really should work because yeah. it seems like them and Shenmue just sort of said give us your money now and we will deliver something very good and mm-hmm. like yeah and I, people I don't have know been how... burned at this point so the, the kickstarter's set up through um is it European account because it's Look, like it's technically yeah it's yeah. in it's in pounds so pounds. it's a yeah. it's a British account um but like Part of me might think that ha- some has to do with it being Japanese. Like I don't know, I-, I I don't know like Japanese economics at all. But I don't know if they've quite caught up to the like, like just like internet way of like mm-hmm. doing business like this. Like I-, I I think that might play a hand in it. And like they're not as tuned into like the total flops. Mm-hmm. But like if you're trying to sell a game, that's something that you need to kind of look into, especially like on Kickstarter. Like. Yeah, you know, kind of research the platform, and I feel like they just were a bit out of touch. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer too because like it sounds really rad, the art style is really cool. Yeah, um, like I, plus I want like it. it's, it's it's about like fighting against protectionism and isolationism, and like yeah, it, being it's, more it's, inclusive and breaking down shitty barriers and stuff. It's like kind of timely, and I don't know, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it's a rhythm fantasy RPG set in like feudal Japan, and all of the characters are animals. It's really cute and like yeah. Like I, I love those rhythm games, but like this Kickstarter is just very, very rough. Um, yeah, Mike, we'll Mikey, see what happens. What did did either of you watch uh, Samurai Champloo? No, a little bit. I mean, that's, that's the vibe I get from it. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's fair. Samurais and, and hip hop. Yeah, maybe a little more family friendly, but oh yeah, um, yeah. So, um. We talked about a few other Kickstarters, um, but have either of you ever supported, like actually f- tried funding a Kickstarter? The only Kickstarter I, I funded is, uh, wasn't even a game. It was a video series by Polygon founder, uh, Russ Pitts called Stage of Development. Nice. Short little mini document, uh, documentaries on, uh, Chicago indie scene. That's cool. Um, Ever... I've only watched yeah it came out uh it came out like in February I've watched a couple episodes and I think they're pretty good um I didn't even see I, those yeah uh and he was like you could tell that it was kind of like a one-man kickstarter he sent regular updates when things weren't meeting their deadlines and it was pretty uh 
I don't know. It was a good experience from a backer, yeah. I'd say. Um, but it wasn't like earth shattering. Like I haven't backed like a broken age or a uh, like FTL or like um, yeah. of those, those other successful Kickstarters. Yeah, I came close to uh, backing Mighty Number no. Nine. Glad I didn't. Yeah, my um, brother backs a lot of games, but I do not back games. Yeah, no, like I, I'll, I'll buy them when they come out. But, you know what's uh, kind of cool? I'm looking at like a list of successful Kickstarter games, and there seems to be like a a through line between all of them, or like a type of genre or something. Like I'm looking at a lot of the really successful ones are like Divinity, Original Sin, or The Banner Saga, or Wasteland Two, or uh, Thimbleweed Park. Thimbleweed Park. There's like adventure games and also like really niche PC games, right? Like yeah. PC RPGs seem to do really really well on Kickstarter, especially when like for Wasteland Two, I know that um, it's either like the people that made the original Fallout or Fallout Two went on to make Wasteland, and it's supposed to be sort of like a spiritual successor to that type of game um so when like original creators that's been the whole draw of kickstarters like original creators who've been burned by publishers trying to make the games that they like to make or the games that made them famous um but it doesn't always work out as we know with mighty number nine yeah what a shit show yep no that one's that one was rough yeah Um, yeah i i've come close to backing a few like yeah i if i could go back like i wanted to back ukulele yeah um, I Remember think my old, the roommate, my old roommate back to Ouya got one of those. Ooh, yeah. He, he still has it. And I remember when we were like unpacking when we moved in together, it was just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that? Did you <laughs> almost move out? Like, did you almost just no, cut it right there? No, I, I, I think it's cool. Like, I, I wish that Ouya had been successful. Like, yeah, like, a, like an Android based gaming platform made sense. Like, they're still trying to make like big boy gaming a real thing on mobile and it's like like with like controllers and stuff and i think yeah. that would have been the way to like bridge those paths but it just i uh, i think it was kind of the ball was dropped on their end like they could have supported it way better mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah like I, I think that in there's an alternate world where that actually like was successful like maybe yeah. not like it's competing directly with like xbox and playstation but it's still around and still relevant because mm-hmm. you know that, that like that's where towerfall was originally and that yeah like it gained enough of a following on there to get picked up by playstation and put on there yeah um Best you have another quite you have another question about uh like whether we think it's been successful or not and i think that like a kickstarter in general has been successful for games and i think that uh like it's introduced the concept of crowdfunding, which I think has its pros and cons, right? Mm. But it's also um, paved the way for like a game-specific crowdfunding platform uh, called Fig, which is made up by a bunch of investors yeah. and like game people, like Double Fine and Tim Schafer and all those guys. Um, Tim Schafer, like, who had the first successful video game Kickstarter with Broken yeah, Age, yeah. So like right. it's so so he knows the the system and you know knows how to make it a working platform. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and Fig doesn't get a lot of like press coverage or um, a lot of like buzz, but really cool games get funded on Fig. Like the creator of XCOM has a uh, campaign that's funded now for um, something called Phoenix Point, which is basically just like a modern XCOM. Um, nice. And then there's like Waste, Wasteland 3, instead of going back to Kickstarter, that those guys went on FIG and funded their game and Pillars of Eternity 2. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting. I think that the actual games that have come from Kickstarter are yeah. really hit and miss, but um, it also has like allowed um, platforms like, you know, however you feel about kind of funny, like, they mm-hmm. started through Kickstarter. The comedy button started through Kickstarter, even though they're not games. But uh, what's Didn't good? Kind of funny. Go straight into Patreon. That's right. They did. Yeah. Um. No, I think they maybe. did. Okay. Which um, Patreon but, might not have existed if Kickstarter didn't sort of set the precedent of giving yeah, people your money totally. early and they'll make something. So. Which, and and I do back a lot of things on Patreon. Is me too. Yeah. Like like I don't back a lot of like Kickstarter things where it's like it's going to be you know 
at best like six months before I see anything on this. And yeah. where like with Patreon, it's like, no, I'm supporting you directly for, you know, for making things that I am consuming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think board games have actually done really well thanks to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, the Dark Souls board game was Kickstarted. Yeah. Um, like my, so I, I don't follow it very closely, but I've had talks with my uncle who, um, he he covers board games actually. Mm. So, um, he like reviews and. Um, That's cool. He's, yeah, he's he's very into that circle, and I talk to him about games all the time. Um, yeah. And, like Kickstarter's been huge for board games. Yeah, I've uh, I did a story um, in college on a tabletop gaming company based out of Blaine, Washington, and they're talking about the the problems of getting funding and like how expensive it is to make a game. And this was sort of before Kickstarter was huge. I don't think they were like tech savvy enough to to use it. Maybe they did actually. I can't remember. But yeah, the the idea of like cutting out the middleman and mm-hmm. just like selling directly to consumers is pretty cool. The thing that I would say about Kickstarter is that versus Patreon, I guess Patreon in the name, it's like, no, you're just like tipping people. You are a patron of, you know, um, of this content for lack of a better word, uh, where you're like just tipping people. You're like helping them do the things they love to do. Whereas Kickstarter kind of gives you this false sense of, um, ownership over a product where like a lot of people online have said things like, like no, I funded this game. I want it now, and I want the rewards that you promised me, and yeah, like all this sort of stuff. And that's that's sort of gross. I don't like that. I think Kickstarter should Kickstarters should reframe the conversation to be something more like, you know, prove your interest and your support by giving some money, and then we can do what we want. Yeah, and and there's been a huge, <clears throat> um, in a few instances, I can't think of which game specifically, but where. A game got or no, uh, it was Oculus where Oculus got funded on Kickstarter, and then it got bought by Facebook. And everyone's like, yeah. "Well, what the shit? I put in all this money, and then you just got bought by Facebook anyways." And it's like, "Okay, well, like, like Facebook is going to give them way more resources to do different things, but like, the reason why it was getting Kickstarted is because they they needed funding." And it's like, so people were kind of misguided and like thinking like, "Well, you guys got funding anyways," but yeah, but you needed that 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 Kickstarter to prove that this is a viable uh product like pro- or idea product to produce and yeah. to invest in so yeah um and which you know i don't know how that directly influenced like the vive but like but then you know you shortly see it like thereafter like not only was it like facebook and oculus but all these other players were like oh mm-hmm. shit vr is like a thing that people want like really yeah. want and are, yeah. are willing to put money behind so Right. Um, that was huge in like getting VR where it is now. And like, mm-hmm. I need to talk to people who follow it because I, I don't, and I don't know what the state of VR is right now, but I feel, it feels like it's kind of like not irrelevant, but, um, it's, there hasn't really been a kick in the pants in a while. <laughs> like well, yeah, there's the, the there's giant bomb game... guys cover uh, VR games all the time. They do a series called Rodeo like VR audio. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, they haven't done one in a couple months. And, uh, Jeff Gershman talks a lot about how, like the scene is just sort of not necessarily non-existent, but like, there's not a lot of great new stuff. If you yeah, like shooting like, galleries, there's tons of content for you, but, um, um but th- there's one coming to PSVR. I'm trying to look up the name point? now. Far point. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like, but otherwise it's, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot VR is a thing still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about it when I picked up Thumper because that was, like it came out when uh, PSVR came out because mm-hmm. there's a VR version of it. And I'm just like, oh yeah, like VR was a thing, huh? Yep. Um, but let's, yeah. Uh, let's move on from Kickstarter. Um, let's kickstart the next topic. Yeah. Uh, nice segue. Um, Destiny 2 got announced. Uh, and revealed. Revealed. Yeah, sorry. They announced it a couple months ago and then people got to play it in LA this week. Um and the the feedback has been sort of like mixed. What have you guys thought about what people are saying, or have you been um, keeping up with with the the reaction? I'm really excited that it's going to be on the Blizzard launcher. Um, I think that's Battle super Net. cool. Yeah. yeah, I think. But like on stage, they actually said BattleNet. Apparently, yeah. yeah. And so it's like it's like no I one thought knows we were what to call it anymore. 
So Blizzard yeah. at one point after Chris Metzen left their old senior vice president or senior president mm-hmm. or whatever, um, they announced pretty quickly on that they were they had decided to drop the Battle.net name and just call it the Blizzard Launcher. Uh, and as of this past week, uh, Destiny is now going to be on Battle.net and it's Battle.net again, which is cool. I think primarily because um, they're they're now positioning this probably very widely adopted um, app to yeah. have not Blizzard only games, which is cool. I bet you if Destiny goes over well on this, you know, in a year or two, we might call, see call Duty. of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, because it, it's uh, Activision um, yep. is right. the like parent company of Blizzard, of Bungie, who makes Destiny. Of I think, uh, so I was listening to something and they they do a pretty good job of making you think that Activision is the parent company, but I, I think, think that like, it's Activision Blizzard is the full name. Well, yeah, I think yeah. it's a little more equal than yeah. Th- that, that's why I was kind of like hesitating of like what to call right, it. Right, right. Like, I know what you meant. I was just trying to clarify because like, because there's been a lot of conversation about like acquired Blizzard though. Yeah, yeah. But but they just say, they call it like Blizzard Activision. I think is like mm-hmm. the, like the new like where it's like Square Enix instead right. of like Square SquareSoft and Enix yeah. as separate companies. Then they merged and came one. It's it's mm-hmm. a weird situation that I don't know the exact like nature of. I bet yeah. you if Blizzard were to have, if, if Blizzard were to just say theoretically depart from the company, it'd be a huge blow to them. Oh, yeah, oh absolutely. absolutely. Like even now, like I'm sure WoW brings in just like so much money for them. Yeah. Yep. Um, so There's lights on and Hearthstone I think and Destiny Two. We'll we'll talk about like the game itself, but it being on BattleNet is like a pretty cool thing. Yeah, because I don't, e- I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on PC gaming, but like people have it's complained worst. to me about, yeah. Uh, uh, excuse you. Oh, I, I, I like do it all this, for you, Brian. I'm like this close to getting a, a PC. No, um, but, um, me too. It's just fun uh, to make Brian, but, yeah, like all mad. antsy. Um, Brian, I guess you could probably speak to this better than I could, but like, what's the friend management system on Steam like when you compare it to BattleNet? Because like Destiny, the whole point for like the high level stuff is to like group up with friends and know when they're online and like figure out groups and stuff. Um, uh, but I've heard that like knowing when, like finding a group on steam is impossible or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think with steam, I've always had like a core group of friends that were always on it. So it was yeah. easy to just jump in and out of their games. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's very similar to PlayStation and Xbox. Um, and you have to really get into that community hub area. I think to, to find strangers playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that the widespread uh, access to it made it, a, I don't know, I guess easy to kind of find groups if you had sure. to. Yeah. But World of Warcraft, I think, does it best where you just queue. Like, you just press a button and it just match makes you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Destiny never just implemented that. You know, just like... Yeah. Has it had everyone get in line and then they just like, you know, like like a, like a roller coaster ride. They just go, next three next three next five whatever um that doesn't make much sense to me especially because it's not like it's not like in destiny you have a healer and a tank right right? you have like the the the, like the titan one but like i don't know if they're really like do like fundamentally like soaking damage like a tank would in like world of warcraft not really and so that's always been weird for me i'd imagine that's gonna maybe be fixed especially if they're talking to blizzard a little bit more Mm mm-hmm Let's say, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that the Blizzard or the Battle.net friends list is, is at all, um, what is it, that much more advanced than oh, okay. Steam. I think what I was seeing was that people were complaining, like, when they're playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, they don't really know who's who on their friends list because, like, they have so many friends and Steam lets you change your username willy-nilly. Yeah, that kind of, but, like, it's kind of a bummer in that way. But, like, Battle.net is a little bit more streamlined or something i don't know it is anyway destiny 2 looks a hell of a lot like more destiny um yeah, which could be a good or a bad thing depending on like your experience with the game um, yes so for me i'm really excited for destiny 2 because i mm-hmm. got destiny when it came out i really didn't like the vanilla version i you know finished mm-hmm. playing in probably about two weeks or so where like beating the campaign and you know playing a lot of multiplayer throughout yeah. that but then once I beat the campaign and then it's like, oh, here's all the post game stuff. And it's just like M- MMO grinding stuff, which 
didn't sound very yeah. appealing to me, especially with that one like, was garbage. Yeah, and like there weren't really like raids or anything yet. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so it's just there was a raid. <laughs> yeah, and it's like okay, it's multiplayer and just like going back into this uh main world and killing all the things I've already killed before and mm-hmm. even then it was the same things all throughout and got really boring and the plot was like it hardly there. Yeah. Um so by by the time that like you know the game got like quote unquote like fixed in the expansions uh I was already so checked out. Yeah. And I didn't want to get back into it cuz everyone had kept playing and was, you know, like the the soft cap uh for levels Getting... is level 20 and then if you grind yeah. for like dozens and dozens of hours, you can get up to 30, I think. Something like that. But the, and, getting back into Destiny is very hard when yeah. everyone else is a higher level. Which is why I'm excited for Destiny 2, because now that, you know, all of these yeah. things are fixed and, you know, yeah. theoretically and that um, everything's kind of getting reset and everyone's going to be on a level playing field. And like that might be what it takes for me to get back into Destiny. Like mm-hmm. knowing that I'm not going to come in and just be like at a like crippling disadvantage because i hadn't played in two years i will say that like uh world of warcraft does a really good job of uh sort of resetting that bar with every expansion but they Mm -hmm. almost reset that bar too these days with every new content patch that adds a raid or a significant amount of like new gear and so uh they sort of if destiny takes anything else from world of warcraft they should they should take that like reassigning of gear every like six months or so because it makes it very easy for you to um just like get more equipment very fast um to 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 jump back in if you take a break like if i were to go back into wow right now um i'm geared for like the second raid which is probably like january Mm -hmm. Um, but but if i were to jump in right now i think there's a new raid that's out um i would be able to just like catch up in no time yeah uh in like Destiny, three or four weeks in in throughout year two i would say that they did a little bit more of those like content updates um mm-hmm. where they'd be making subtle balance adjustments or like adding kind of live events that would also add new gear and stuff um yeah but it's still I guess never the issue really, with it though is yeah good i'll keep going <laughs> uh i just was, was gonna say that it never really felt substantial and it never really made it easy for pe- like people to my biggest problem with destiny is that there's not enough to do by yourself if you're interested in pve yeah. Um, because you can't match make into raids and you can't really match make and do well in, uh, high level strikes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I would say that the, the issue with destiny as well is sort of how it's monetized in that their DLC expansions, uh, mm-hmm. are not the same concept as wow's like, uh, every couple year expansions. And so, um, that that is just another barrier right like you're you're asking your your fan base to your yeah your players to pay twenty dollars every four twenty to forty yeah yeah that, that's just gonna, that's gonna alienate people hmm. and divide your divide your audience yeah yeah so i'm i'm excited like everyone seems to love it like even um austin on waypoint was trying to be like yeah like i i want so much more of this game i want them to like push mm-hmm. you know they're like creative and narrative like capacity because Bungie's a studio that has been able to make like very high level games and like do plot well and tie all these things together. And he's like, even, even though I keep like having these concerns and desires and mm-hmm. it's not seeming like they're going to like hit those marks. It's like, I still want to play the fuck out of it because it's, it feels so good to play and it's so pretty and yeah, all these things. And yeah, um, like whenever they were, uh, initially like marketing the original destiny like they uh i i don't there, there's a lot of weird things because like they marketed it very weird as like oh it's gonna be this big sprawling rpg and like everyone's gonna have like their own unique weapons you're gonna go on these like all these crazy quests and it's gonna be like mm-hmm. very like high space fantasy and like knights in space with guns and it's like okay that sounds really cool and then there was the huge thing with the composer leaving and them having to like scrap a lot of story and change a lot of things last minute. And, um, that like whole debacle, which I had totally forgotten about until like just like 15 seconds ago. Um, but like there was so much shit that was going on, like in the months before that game. And I remember there was this kind Mm -hmm. of like dark period where, cause this is when I was on pulp and I was like, why haven't we heard anything about destiny in like six months? 
Right. And it wasn't at PAX and like, like it was, it was just very weird. Like, and then it came out and it was like very like minimal in terms of what it was offering out of the gate. And it wasn't yeah, what I was expecting was like, it to be. There's an overwhelming sense of like, Oh, this is it, huh? Um, yeah. Just through circumstances, I was able to get into the pre alpha, the alpha and the beta on PS4. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was awesome. I, remember, I was like, this is great. I hope there's more of this. And it's like, it, no, that, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I can't wait till they like remove these invisible walls on Earth, and I can just sort of like roam around. And and then you quickly realize once the beta came, which is like a month or two out from release, like, oh no, this is they don't have much yeah, more time the, to add the, stuff. This is the game. The beta was like a quarter of the game. Yeah. yeah. Like, it it, it so, was the first planet of four. And it's right. Like, what, what the shit? So I don't. Like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm reconciling like the fact that I have problems with the world building and like the, the the lore and the narrative and all that stuff with the fact that it's like super super fun to play and they don't mm-hmm. really they seem to be like everyone keeps on saying this but like adding quality of life improvements to make the game smoother and more fun to play without necessarily doing much more to like add to the narrative i don't know but time will tell we've only seen one story mission and it looks very much like a destiny or halo-ish story mission you know it did but at the same time too i have played a bit of the vanilla destiny and i probably need to stop that and just go into taking king but already like there were characters that were identified in that trailer that were Mm -hmm. in the mission doing things and that's true that felt much much more engaging like that felt more like a halo campaign than a destiny level yeah so for me what like got me hooked is that they were calling it an rpg and then Mm -hmm. what came out like the rpg of it was that like in the sense that you have like a character that you would in an MMORPG where it's like, Oh, like you have your character who is existing in this world, but like the like personal personalization options were very minimal. Like you still largely looked like exact, like every other character. Unless you had um, good gear. But, but even then, like, cause I, I remember I reviewed that reviewed destiny. And then like a month later reviewed call of duty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like if I, took my call of duty character and like put it up against all of the other call of duty characters where like versus my destiny character against all other destiny characters. Like Mm -hmm. my call of duty online character was much more personalized and distinct from every other character. And then in this MMO. Right. Um, And like, I felt like it was very limited because all like the skill tree was actually just a skill path where it's just like, Oh no, like like there's no reason why you would ever not take the newest ability than over your previous one because it's pretty much just upgrades o- over old ones. So there wasn't this actual like role playing where it's like, oh no, like mm-hmm. I need to go down this tree of this class to specialize in this thing and you know or if, in like most RPGs but like just just yeah. cuz this is what I've been doing is uh D&D where it's like oh, like I'm playing this barbarian character but do I want to go on like the path of the berserker, which is about like lowering your defenses, but optimize like optimizing your offensive capabilities? Or do I want to uh, do one like the path of the totem warrior, which I can, you know, choose again between three or four different other things in that one. But um, like the path I chose was uh, like the path of the bear, which increases your resistances and increases your carrying capacity. And so like, there's not these specializations that like I expect from an RPG and like, I don't expect it to be as dense as something like D and D, but it was like when it launched, it was okay. Here's your three classes. One has psychic powers. One is a good shooter. And one is the like rogue, the like dexterous one that, you know, has the knife and like, (laughs) and and those were the three options. And like, and that was it. And so I was just really underwhelmed as like an RPG, like, um, and I know, um, oh, like all my friends dislike Borderlands very, very greatly. Um, but like, Same. it does a lot better than, than destiny yeah, but, in a lot of but, respects. But yeah. Borderlands it, start, it's like, all about starts the attitude. With, yeah. It has like four different characters. Mm-hmm. Each of them have three different skill trees and within those skill trees are still different paths to take. So, yeah. you know, even if like you play two, uh, versions of, uh, like Lilith, there's still three different skill trees that you can go down and invest in and like you can have a different experience with the same character and i did yeah like like th- that's that's what i wanted from destiny and apparently mm-hmm. it's gotten better but 
that that was my initial gripe. Like I wanted an actual RPG where and this was like, oh no, like you build experience. Yep. Like like there are experience points. It's an RPG. Yep. I uh, not... when I when I played it again like two months ago, uh, I still couldn't find a very clear um, guide or or in game like menu to tell me what the difference between the classes really is. Like, There's yeah. not really one. Like, well, I mean, they jump comes, different. It comes down to elemental stuff too. With this, but, yeah. except now everyone has every elemental subclass, so yeah. never mind. But 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 that wasn't even in the first year. The different elemental things, like yeah. the, the difference was your um, your like character ability. Where like with the, I think gunslinger was the one that I played. It's like yeah, you have your knife that you throw, and it's a one hit kill. And then one has the like jump, like like force smash thing. Like, yeah. Like that, that was knife throws a melee attack. The, you had a golden gun. It was a one hit kill. Anyway, yeah. doesn't um, Callum what? have that in the in the trailer where he like they start Cade. attacking Cade? That's the same. Yeah. Where they start attacking the tower and then it's like gun turns gold. That's pretty yeah, cool. and he's a, he's one of the hunters. Um, all of this is just like reason to do what they're doing and do like a hard reset on all your characters and information. Yeah. Cause like, like, it sounds like they want to um, do better by all that stuff. So I'm really excited to see what they, what they do with the progression. Cause I agree that you, you, you want to see the shiny thing go up and you want to like, I want make, that. uh, make your character look cooler, get the best gear, with the highest number and all that stuff. But like, I remember yeah, I, I, farming for like obscure, resources on planets for hours just to get a piece of gear that i don't even remember now i don't even know what it was for yeah so, but, uh, but yeah. like I, I want to be able to replay it and have a different experience yeah like i, I want to be able to like oh like i want to do it as a sniper i want to do it as like a shotgun boy and i want those mm-hmm. to be like classes i know that that, that kind of limits then like you know flexibility and variety for if you're gonna do like different fire teams but like like i i wanted much something a lot closer to like an rpg where it's like i can go through and like choose a different class and it like fundamentally shifts like yeah. how you yeah. need to approach the game word let's uh let's move on to what we've played um i haven't played much and mine is quick so I'll, yeah. I'll, i'm gonna start um i played a little game called or a demo for a game called return of Oberdin, which is uh lucas pope's new game um lucas pope is the developer of papers please which came out a couple years ago um oh really and I remember following development of this like in 2013 or 14 and uh, Oberdin, he released like a, just like a demo of like, I think it's only like 15 minutes max uh, in like 2013 and it's for free. You can download it right now for Mac and PC. It's a one bit first person. Um, he calls them walk em ups sort of like, <laughs> like uh, it's right up my alley. Right. But it's like gone home or firewatch except there's an actual mechanic to this where it like kind of changes up how you interact with the world. Um, you pull up in a, like, uh, onto like a ship and you have this little compass thing or stopwatch that lets you look at a dead body and then go back through time sort of to like view what happened as they died. It goes back to the moment they died and then you kind of use there's like a bunch of skeletons all over the ship and you like use this mechanic to figure out what happened in this ship and it unlocks new pathways for you um so that he just released a demo not just last year for gdc and it's the same version as the one i first played um but it uh adds some voice acting and some more music and cleans up the animations and stuff and it's super super cool i love the art style and i like the setting and i like that like you only have this vignette for maybe 30 seconds and it you can't really miss anything um but you're still like listening to the music and you kind of learn to expect when the vignette's about to close and you're like kind of scrambling around the environment just try to get all the clues you can before you the the vignette stops um it's super cool it's a really fun little experiment and i'm excited to see if if and when he releases a, like the full game because yeah it, it looks really cool and like there's been a few games that kind of play with that um like like that's kind of the core mechanic of what remains of edith finch in a different way in a different way yeah um and then yeah. 
like the sexy brutal which i want to pick up and play and then we can talk about but mm-hmm. like another like oh like figure out like all like how and why all of these people are dying mm-hmm. like um yeah that, that's really cool i would but like it, to it looks that. like it's trying to tell a very specific story where you're trying to like find a book of some sort that um yeah but there's a moment at the end of this demo that i don't think was in the one that i played in 2013 or 14 uh that was like gave me chills it was super cool it was the last thing you see and then it the demo ends hmm. um so yeah. it's very like british uh mythology or like old english like kind of moby dick inspired stuff mm-hmm. um super cool how's zelda zelda's great um i so happy i don't know what it is but i find myself just like going in a direction and like just climbing something to see what's at the top and then yep. I, the, the enjoyment of just jumping off like seeing an island in the distance and then jumping off with your paraglider and going to that is the game for me now where i'm like i i stumbled i didn't stumble on anything but i was going to go to uh death mountain and mm-hmm. i was like oh it's too hot here so i'm gonna go somewhere else and like like i, I want to i like i'm kind of just very naturally progressing through the story but like, yeah. very slowly and so and it's important. There's a distinction. It's not hot there. It's like flaming there. It's you'll burning. Go, yeah. You, yeah, it's burning there. And you will, you will go to a place where it is too hot. And mm-hmm. those two things are different. Yeah. Um, oh, like, and okay. That, that, that comes into play with like crafting where there's things that protect, protect you from heat and there's things that protect you from burning. Oh, good to know. Like, which is like it, it, and like with everything in that game, it doesn't really tell you. And so like when I went to Death Mountain first, I was like, oh, I'm going to take this thing that pre- prevents me from overheating. I was like, why mm-hmm. am I still burning alive? Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I uh, I got a horse. I uh, named it Kenny after my cat. Nice. Um, but what's funny to me is like, I know that the people of Hyrule have been waiting for a hundred years for for Link to come back and defeat Calamity Ganon, and like now that he's here, he's just roaming around and like <laughs> just like right? walking around and not doing anything. Going on uh, a staycation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, just to think about that because yeah. like there were a lot of really good web comics of that exact thing where it's like mm. uh it's like the, the whatever zelda's quote is like like save us link and then mm-hmm. it's just like him like shield surfing yeah yeah, yeah. shield great. surfing feels very good i wish it didn't brush right? up your shield as much as it does but yeah um i have found that i really enjoy taking down hinoxes i think they're really fun yeah hinoxes are fun just the right level of like challenge and uh like easiness i guess like they're pretty well, easy to take down but it just takes and, some time until you and resources get to eventide and... island then you have to fight one with like a stick yeah and you're like fuck this is the most like anxiety inducing thing right i've done in this game so far but i also made it to the point where you have to defeat three of them and bring their orbs up to a thing and yep like uh, that, that one's the fun. black the black one is very hard to defeat um mm-hmm. with my so, current, i so. i didn't find that until i was in my final stretch of like mm-hmm. okay i'm just gonna find all the shrines that i'm gonna beat ganon when i had like maybe 10 left um yeah. when i found that one so i was just like just ridiculously overpowered because i only needed like two more upgrades until i was done upgrading mm-hmm. yeah but, and yeah. i i also keep on like for just like forgetting how huge the world is and i know that's what the one thing that everyone keeps talking about but there are moments where i'm like i'm looking at the map and i'm like okay i think i've got a pretty good sense of like how big this thing is and then there's mm-hmm. an entire section that i didn't even realize was part of the map right it sort of looks like a the edge of the world you know mm-hmm. um so that it's it's been cool, and I like how it feels sort of like a like Disneyland, where like yep. each of those map sections has like a distinct feel. Like there's a very tropical, mm-hmm. or like a jungle with like really red rocks and waterfalls. Like there's the desert. There's the, like kind of typical Zelda plains and lakes and ponds and stuff. Yep. And then there's I don't know mountains and everything feels really distinct and bespoke. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. And there's um, like the snowy area that I don't think you ever actually need to go to. I haven't gone there yet because I don't want to get cold. Yeah, like it's there, raining here some... in Washington. Not today, <laughs> but in general, it's beautiful yeah. today. Yeah, it's really nice out today. It's been too hot. Yeah. It, like, if it's like seventy to seventy-five all the time, mm-hmm. I'll be good. Yeah, but it's been a anyway. So that was cool. Yeah, was, that's what um, I've been playing. So Brian, I noticed that you're playing a new game, uh, Player Unknown's Gattle Browns. Gattle Browns. Gattle Browns. Huh? Uh, uh, good, good typo there, silly boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still playing pu- uh, Plunk Bat. PUBG. Plunk, Plunk Bat. 
it's it's fun. I actually find that I enjoy it alone as much as I enjoy it with friends, um, which doesn't seem to be the case. I know that a lot of like, mm-hmm. like a lot of people have been I'm... saying that they they only play with groups, and and it, I think it's kind of fun playing alone because you know you just kind of like hole up somewhere and wait for shit to go down, and then mm-hmm. like I was I was like at a at a shipyard the other day, and I was just like moving between like shipping crate and shipping crate trying to stay inside the circle and i think i was i think i was like the 13th person Mm -hmm. i died at 13 of 100 is that the highest Uh, you've gone uh maybe a little higher before but that was with a group and it was just like i don't know i think i'm past the anxiety part of it because Mm -hmm. i played a lot of battle royale when when i was h1c1 and so now it's just sort of like i don't know the anxiety is at the very beginning and then at the very end for me not like the waiting right yeah and it just queues so fast like everyone's just playing it which is the best thing you know you're not like i play if i play overwatch or hot sometimes the queues take like up to five to ten minutes and with with this game it's just click the button and you play so that's still the biggest benefit of that game uh yeah that said i'm also playing prey um and prey is pretty awesome still yeah, uh, still enjoying still it. Still really, really enjoying it. Uh, I did run, run into one game-breaking bug and uh, had to like, four out of ten. Yeah, four out of ten. Uh, I like clipped through a wall and then it auto saved. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I, I, whenever I loaded, I would just be falling off of the ship into infinite nothingness. But so, I just loaded the previous save and it was fine. Oh, nice. Oh, that's good. Um, apparently, it's going on sale at Target next weekend. Yeah, so I saw that. the weekend of so the twenty sixth, uh, or whatever it is, uh, for people listening, yeah. like it's going to be forty bucks. Like, buy it, like buy tw- twenty dollars off. Like I'm, like it's something that that I was waiting to go down to probably yeah. like thirty in a sale, but like since it's still like in mm. that window of being relevant, and like I'm right at the end of Bloodborne, about to finish that. Um, BB. Like I, I thought that my computer could run player unknown battlegrounds but apparently my desktop's video card is just out of date yeah to play it um your laptop could probably maybe handle it no we talked about that it's integrated yeah um, it's so it, poopy well and this is something we can talk about off the air but i, I think that yeah. i have enough ram to maybe counter that we'll see right, right. We'll um see. but um yeah I, I i really want to pick up pick that up but if i can't run it then i might just pick up prey instead yeah um pray i don't think it's a good sign that it's on sale so soon it's a yeah. it's a bummer yeah well maybe if sales. bethesda like gave reviewers copies yeah. and they should change their review policy like yeah because th- then you can have a like hype period because mm-hmm. it's well liked but the problem is that yeah. it took you know a few days until after the game came out for reviews to come out and right. to, like kickstarter where those first few days are important like the mm-hmm. first week of sales for a game and the first month of sales for a game are like critical and, right and they're also going to like this is the problem with the review scores we talked about this last week or something yeah but like uh people are going to google it and see a four out of ten from ign yeah, or like, i mean not anymore but like they're going to hear that it's a bad game but but yeah oh, brian you said that you had a friend that was like oh did, isn't that game bad and like mm-hmm. i saw it got a four on ign yeah and it's like yeah and that was the end of the and, conversation with him and and even yeah. if uh it's a bummer even if like that book was in there in an early review copy, like you could still say like this will probably get fixed in a day one patch or something because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it did get fixed in a patch. And so IGN uh, adjusted their, their review yeah. score accordingly. But yeah, like if, if you have this hype window before games, like Nintendo gives uh, their games out with like a two week embargo. Like, so two mm-hmm. weeks before the game comes out, like people can publish their reviews. Yeah. And like, cause like they're confident in their games. Like, yeah, like, uh, we're gonna put Zelda out there early. We're gonna get people talking about it for a few weeks and like building yeah. up the anticipation for it. Like, just makes sense. Well, yeah. yeah, and I think like the part of that like embargo stuff. Like, I think it's important to build that to build that hype and then um, release the game in a, in a within a window or at least the re- allow the reviews to come out within a window to allow people to talk about how good the reviews are right before the game yeah. comes out. Like, I think that we've seen that happen before with a lot of conventional AAA games, and it. It, it really benefits them but when you have bethesda just like being weird as hell like yeah i can't it, recommend a game to a friend because they don't, they don't have anything out for it right like and i i they're well within their rights to do that and yeah. i understand why they wouldn't like it, it is a little bit weird that like like if i were like releasing game i would 
feel weird about being beholden to games critics. Like I, I get mm-hmm. that, but the reality is that like a lot of gamers, you know, trust their like their gaming outlets and like right. they make their decisions accordingly. And um, especially when they kind of when critics feel like slighted by companies and they're a bit sour about it, then like mm-hmm. that bit like those feelings and those behaviors might trickle into their audience. And so like, yeah, like the perception thing is something that they need to take into account. And yeah, like if prey could have like, you know, before the game came out had review scores attached to like a commercial where it's like, Oh yeah. Like eight out of 10 IGN or, you know, nine out of 10 right. polygon, whatever it is like, like, okay, like that's going to drive sales. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I think the pros of, giving review scores especially since like when was the last like poorly received like bethesda game what yeah, yeah but you, no, uh, it was rage it was no 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 it was uh aren't no that's gearbox i was thinking of that overwatch oh, Blood, wannabe bloodborne um, or no, not bloodborne battleborn uh, battleborn um, yeah i don't know Doom's like, multiplayer they make games. was pretty bad that was like, right like, around yeah. when they stopped giving out review copies fallout 4 right. was incorrectly like moderately received yeah like people are like yeah it's fine it's you know it's an eight or whatever like but but that's bad for bethesda like yeah prey's been received well doom was like most people's game of the year mm-hmm. uh dishonor 2 was loved um yep i guess probably like, elder scrolls online but like probably even though that's very profitable for them yeah but like um, people love bethesda games like like it's going to review well. Just let people review it, and yeah. that'll right. help you out. Like, Bethesda, okay. send a review code to info at infinitedogs.com. Yes. Um, Mikey, what have you been playing? Um, I finally picked up Thumper now that it's on the Nintendo Switch, which uh, is a game that came out last August or September, whenever PSVR came out. Um, came out for that, and it is a... The, the developers call it Rhythm Violence, where it's... Mm-hmm a rhythm game but it's very um like loud abrasive and like it's w- one of the most anxiety inducing games i've ever played like it's like um it's got like roots in horror um like all of the visuals are like a very like dark red and there's like these weird f- like figures it's very like surrealist horror um yeah it's not like being you know, like there's a fuck like a mass murder like running around to kill you but it's just like you're in this void on this track and there's these like it's like a one track highway yeah <laughs> like and, and yeah i and remember every, watching the giant bomb play it a lot it looks super cool it's so cool like everything's so fast you need to like um like there are audio cues but you, uh you, like your actions will like kind of drown out the audio cue so you need to like listen while also like looking forward and kind of like try to project what you think um like the beat might do mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's really weird and it's like i'm on level three of i think 10 mm-hmm. after like an hour an hour and a half of playing and it's yeah like so th- there's a lot to it i'm definitely not sick of it it like i would be much deeper if this game weren't so overstimulating but right. but, but that that's part of why it's so good is that like it's so loud. The visuals are so intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game's so demanding that like it just, it, it hooks you like you're, you're stuck right. in it and it, but it just does reach a certain point where you need to like disconnect from it and be like, okay, I need to take a breather. Like I need to go, yeah. go for a quick walk. Yeah. Cause this is, it, it's, it's really intense. Like it's a very hard game to do justice by describing it. Cause like I also watch videos of it. I also listen to people talk about it and, and tell you like, you really kind of get your hands on it. And, mm-hmm. uh, preferably with good sound like i've been using my um headphones which are um pretty good like not you know anything to that i would like be bragging about like oh like check out yeah. my fucking awesome sounding headphones like <laughs> um but yeah it's it's really cool it's one of the it's it's definitely the best rhythm game i've played since like guitar hero like came to right. prominence um yeah i would really like to check it out and i know that you can play it on anything now pretty much without yeah vr well and but uh and since on switch i could just like go over to your place and be like hey play this check it out yeah like, yeah. like it's it's so nice like like we were talking earlier like I, I do want everything on my switch and like thumper is the first cross-platform game i've gotten for it where i'm just like yeah like 
this is it. Like, this is what I, I guess Binding of Isaac, I've been playing a lot on it. Um, and then, right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Thank you all for listening to fans of the genre. You can send emails, like I said, to info at infinitedogs.com. We'd love to read your questions on the air. We didn't get any this week. It's going to drag y'all out in public um, for not sending emails. Uh, if you like what we're doing with the show, please rate us on I- Apple Podcasts. It helps others discover the show. It takes just a few minutes, and it helps us out a lot. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rhodes Clark. Brian, where can we find you? At Brian T. Swanson. And Mikey? At Mikey Krieger. And you can follow the show uh, on Twitter at Fans of Genre. You can follow Infinite Dogs at Infinite underscore Dogs. We're everywhere. I'm not going to mention Facebook because it's too long. Thank you to John Bash for composing original music for us. You can find more at johnbash.com. Anything else you want to say before the end of the show, my friends? Play video games. Okay. Um, yeah, be good. Be, okay. be nice. Yeah. Uh, and turn the lobby chat off in PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Um, it's bad. It's That's our new slogan. That needs workshops. That, that, <laughs> that needs workshops. Okay. Goodbye, y'all. Bye.